You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today we're talking about uh, Kentucky basketball. We heard from Kenny Payne on Tuesday, the UK assistant coach who is always very insightful when he talks to the media. Uh, also, Kyle got a chance to speak with uh, Khalil Whitney uh, this afternoon. Who else was available? Tyrese uh, Maxey. Tyrese Maxey, Khalil Whitney, and Kenny Payne. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about some of the things that was that was said there, and then another wacky night in college basketball as well that we'll get into. Uh, I just want to start with I, I have to admit to everyone because I got a few tweets about this. When I was watching the national championship game Monday night and scrolling through my phone, and I saw that uh, Nick Saban thing. (laughs) (laughs) Duped. Yes, I did not. I mean, I didn't have the volume. Once I listened to it after I was told that it was, you know, a fake, then I was like, oh, yeah, you can tell that's not Nick Saban. But just sitting there listening to, you know, got the game on and just hear it, you know, come over your phone. Yeah, I got duped, and I thought, wow. And then I didn't think anything more of it. Like, well, that sounds like Nick. He's a, he's a jerk. So I wouldn't put him past put it past him to say it. And then uh, in the morning, you texted me and said, turns out this dude is, uh, you know, this is what he does. He, he uh, dubs over Nick Saban stuff, which he's pretty good at. It's it. pretty, yeah, that. it was pretty good. It was, yeah. it was quite good. Yeah, but I'll have to admit it. And, um. God, Twitter is just a place full of hatred. I, I mean, I am not gonna, I'm not gonna tweet out anything. Like, there was here's the best response I got after I tweeted out my um, top ten list for sports figure of the year, which was one person said, literally, I have no idea who Dan Reefer even is, and okay. I didn't come back with that, but I wanted to just say, exactly, guys. You all are getting mad at me. Like, you're taking personal shots at me over a list. This, this person doesn't even know who I am. Right. You don't even know and who you, I am. Why does that bother you? Like, And like, you are screaming at the top of your lungs yeah. about who I have chosen for my top ten list out of a ballot of probably two, three hundred across the state. Guess yeah. what? There's a ton of other people you have no idea who they are that right. are also voting. Yeah. I mean – it is ridiculous how nasty people get. That's always a. That's there. always my favorite though. Is like when somebody gets real riled up and they they just like let the insults fly and then they come at you with like you don't even matter. It's like well okay that I don't disagree but like you are really worked up at somebody right. who doesn't matter like if see, you don't know who like, I am then what's the problem? Do you just walk through town and like just go up to random people <laughs> and just be like you're stupid? <laughs> I can't believe you're this stupid. Uh, yeah, we're just too uh, keyed up, man. We're just too keyed. I think we all are. I mean, I'm guilty of 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 it to a, a degree. I try to only pick on people that sort of like feel like they deserve it because they've gone out of their way to be an a hole uh, or use their platform to be an a hole. Like I went at one of the people who went at you last night, who is sort of a noted uh, a hole. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, thank you for coming to my defense. I don't, I, yeah, I, you, I, you, you didn't need me to, but I like a good excuse to get into it. I'll, I mean, Mark, Mark Coombs, I mean, anybody that's listening has ever seen that guy on Twitter. He's unhinged. Uh, but, uh, yeah. It, National championship game, I wasn't about to spend all night just, you know. Arguing with people. Yeah, arguing over And it was a fun, I mean, like, you know, the, the by the end, we all just needed it to be over. But it was like, <laughs> it was it was cool for the, for LSU to get down and look flustered. And then do what they did. That was that was fun. So it was too, way yeah. too much fun to be uh, in a pissing match online. That thing went on for like four hours. Yeah, way too long. Sporting events. If you want to know why people why people don't go to games, like you don't want to go there and get trapped. Uh, at least at, t- at home, you can like do something else, uh, like argue with people on Twitter if the game gets out of hand and goes four hours. But sporting events have got to figure it out. Like stop, stop, stop this. Stop being so long on television. I swear to God, it's 11.09 the night after, and I just now got another tweet about it responding to Mark Coombs and me and Lamar and all that. So, the, anyway. the, so, so for people listening, we might as well. I mean, it's topical to our, our show. Right. I don't it's, think we talked is, about yeah. it last night. The, the, the crux of what's got people riled up, there was a couple things on yours. I think you mentioned already. Like, you, you forgot Ja Morant. Like, and it's easy. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad on my part. But uh, and he ended up number two on mine. But the crux of what's got like everybody worked up, and it seems to fall along, uh, like people that cover sports in Louisville are predominantly, it seems like, lining up to vote for Lamar Jackson for the Herald Leader's Kentucky Sports Figure of the Year. Right. Uh, when, I, when I think just about everybody else in the state is going to probably lean towards Lynn Bowden. Um, I think that's just, a win. Yeah, it's it's like this. It's like this very uh, defensive thing about fans and media in Louisville, everyone feels like they have to ride to the defense of Lamar Jackson. And it's like, he's an NFL MVP and you're not going to give him every award that ever existed. Uh, And my whole thing is like, I didn't, some people voted him, but didn't put him uh, like in your case, you put him on your ballot, but you had him two behind Bowden. I decided not to put him on the ballot at all. And I wouldn't put Anthony Davis on the ballot or any of those guys that were just here for college that are not from the state. Uh, I I consider it different if you're a local, if you grew up in Kentucky and you played in high school in Kentucky, and then you go off and become a pro somewhere outside of the state. Justin Thomas. You're local, and so you're always a part. You're always a a state figure. When you just sort of came through for college for a couple years, and now you go do something in the pros, I don't don't reward people for something they didn't do this year in the state. That's just how I feel about it. And I would feel the same way if Anthony – I mean, and, and a point I made during this argument is that you know, Kentucky's got a half dozen NBA players that mm-hmm. are the best athlete in the state, if you want to say in the state because they played at Kentucky, every single year. Right. Carl Towns, Anthony Davis, and not one of them has ever even been in the mix for the award. Like, not even a finalist, I don't think, um, since they left Kentucky. Because right, it's just because that's yeah. not that kind of award. Like I don't think I don't think, and I think a lot of people don't think of it as an award. Oh, you played in college here, and now you're the professional MVP of your league. That means you're the sports person a year in the state. Right. I just don't. Why would that be the case? Um, I mean, I guess you could make an argument that like there's a major connection to Lamar in Louisville and they're selling Ravens jerseys in Louisville. And so in that way, he sort of is still part of the state. And I get well, he's that. He's still a hero there. Yeah. It's, but that's true of Anthony Davis. I mean, people, people around here have, have rooted for him forever and some of the other guys, but um, 
Anyway, and then the argument that you got into was Mark Coombs, who is, uh, you know, as he just in a very insulting way is calling you a homer and then suggested you're a mouth breather if you, <laughs> like all this <laughs> insulting crap, which is why I called him an asshole on Twitter, and that got him real in his feelings. Uh, but his the gist of what he said is because you even put Lamar on the ballot, if you're going to put him on the ballot and you don't put him number one, then you're, then you're an idiot and you're a homer yeah. and you what and he kept saying your argument what what you did was say the Belk Bowl MVP is greater than the NFL MVP which, which is, is not, asinine that's no. not the point at all no mm-hmm. it's almost like as I interpret the way you decided to vote it is Lamar was so good and he is such an important thing to Louisville that this is like a this is like a sign of respect but the story of the year in the state exactly that's exactly was Lynn right Bowden and. Like, that doesn't mean Lynn Bowden's better than Lamar Jackson. I don't think there's a person alive that's not related to Lynn Bowden who thinks that. You know, like, everybody knows Lamar Jackson is a better player than Lynn Bowden. (laughs) He won the Heisman, and he's going to win the NFL MVP. Like, there's three people in history that have ever done that. Five people. Um, It's that I don't think you or anybody else who votes for Lynn Bowden is making that argument at all. And it doesn't mean you're a homer to say, to, to recognize what was the sports story of the year in the state of Kentucky. In the state of year. Kentucky. And see, now, here's the other thing people just don't get. I'm not going to try to explain this in 140 characters. I'm just not right. going to explain my rationale of how I vote. But really, it doesn't matter really a whole lot about the other ones. Like, I think they have a top 25 is what it winds up coming out to. But there's one winner. Right. There's one winner. So that's the most important one. So, yes, if a player uh, who becomes a pro sports MVP played in the state at, at a state school like Louisville, or if Anthony Davis were to win the MVP and played at Kentucky, then I think they deserve to be recognized. Like on the list, yeah. On the list because of the magnitude of how much reach that has. Because you're a Kentucky sports figure in that you are recognized nationally as NFL MVP, and then they they also say, well, he played at Louisville. Right. So so that's an aside. So if Josh Allen were to win NFL Rookie of the Year, uh, you know, people said, well, P.J. had a great year. What about Tyler Hero? Same thing, guys. They, had Kentucky won the national championship or gotten to the Final Four, maybe one of them are in there. But in the state of Kentucky, that's the biggest deal, is Lynn Bowden's story the, that captured the state of Kentucky. So that's why he's sports figure. And then the rest of my list, and I, John Morant, uh, like I noted on Twitter, I, I just – what happens is you get this PDF of like two pages that has probably 200 names. It feels like on there. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And I'm and there, it's very small print and I just, you know, go over that. And as I go through it, I jot down a name that I think belongs. And I wind up with like 20, 25 names. And I, when I was looking at it, I just happened to not see Morant's name. Cause you can't sit there and think yourself. I don't, you know, I didn't sit there and brainstorm these names myself. Right. I took a look at it. And so, so I just didn't see Morant, but definitely deserving of, of recognition. And maybe even he was almost the story of the year in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, you said number two, I think, I you think know, some people will put him number one, you know, yeah. certain parts of the state. I mean, if you were covering Murray state, I mean, you know how important he was there. 
Absolutely. Uh, what a story was there and, and became a national story from within a state school within the year 2019. This is a voting award for 2019. Lamar Jackson's been gone from Louisville for two years. Right. Ja Morant, it's not, this is not rewarding for him for having a great rookie year in the NBA. It is about the fact that he was a big story in the year 2019, as was Lynn Bowden. Yeah. Um, and but, then people uh, come at me about, you know, not having stoops on there. Well, look. Here's what I do. Here's the way I vote the rest of that top you, ten. You want to save it for the next next segment since we're way over in segment one? Oh yes, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, yes, let's continue this discussion. We won't. We won't take up the whole second half of this because we do have some college basketball to hit and definitely some stuff from Kentucky. But um, we'll, we'll continue just a little bit more discussion on the Kentucky Sports Figure of the Year when we return on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. We were, you know, discussing. I'll just tell you, I'll just finish up the way I vote the rest of it. Um, and we established that the story of the year in Kentucky, in my mind, is is what, what you're voting for. That That's the number one spot. And again, the rest of it is just recognition. It's just saying, hey, um, yeah, you did good as well. And so I don't. So somebody, you know, I had several people come at me. How could you put Scott Satterfield on this list and not Stoops? Well, Bowden to me represents Stoops. So I'm not, I'm not going to include them both in there. Uh, Stoops could have did a great job, but you can't recognize Stoops without it, recognizing Eddie Grand and John Schlarman and Brad White. And some of this is about like year to year. Like, like Stoops was high on that list last year. Because mm-hmm. um, they had a 10-1 Josh, season, yeah. Josh Allen won it, you know, because it was a historic season. This year, even though it was a great coaching job to, to navigate everything that they navigated and still win eight games, um, there's not a newness to that. And for Satterfield, there is a newness to that. He takes over this disaster dumpster fire uh, from Bobby Petrino and in year one takes him from two wins to eight wins. Yeah, it was like um, one of the biggest turnarounds in the history of college football. Yeah, so I, to me that just – um, and I feel the same way you do. Like after the winner, it's just kind of a, a nod of recognition. Like I think this person should be honored because if we're just going like, who's the better athlete? Of course, you know Lamar Jackson's a better, way better player than Lynn Bowden. Well, no kidding. I voted like a Division three national championship winning coach and or NAIA championship winning coach. Like, is he is he better than either John Calipari or Chris Mack or probably five other coaches in the state? Probably not. No. But it's like, you know, it's it's a, an acknowledgement. You know, I voted for, uh, you know, a Northern Kentucky uh, player who, you know, mm-hmm. holds all the records there. It, it, that dude's not better than a single guy on Kentucky's roster. Right. Like, I'm not ranking the, them as players. To me, it's about recognition. So, um that's it. That's, you know, that's, that's just, exactly the way I voted. I well. just, I don't know. That I, I thought it was worth talking about because it is topical to the, sub, the the basic subject matter of our podcast, even though I didn't really want to get in as much into the maybe the pissing matches I did. But it was annoying because, like, whatever, just vote on what you want to vote and don't call people homers uh, for voting something that has a perfectly rational logic to it. Um, and if I, I can, was, I can even see you not putting uh, Bowden on your ba- ballot or not voting him number one because you were, you feel a certain way about what happened in, with the punch before the bowl game. If you want to mm-hmm. say, I think you know, and I know people that moved him further down their list than number one because 
they they didn't feel good about m- having their top choice be a guy who punched a guy in the bowl game. Yeah, I can respect that. I disagree with it, but I can respect that. Um, you know, I just I got super annoyed by that. Uh, what by am the, I? By, the, by sort of the angry name calling. It's just stupid. Uh, well, one of the responses I got that just shows you you can't you can't win is um. So in my top ten, I had you know Leah Edmond, the the volleyball player at UK, who's SEC Player of the Year. Ryan Howard, who was the consensus, unanimous national freshman of the year. And then Abby Cheek, who broke maybe five, six uh, Kentucky softball records, like school records, just destroyed them, just slugger. And they were all in my top ten, but I think uh, they went like maybe six, or maybe they went seven, nine, ten, something like that, so they were lower down. And uh, (laughs) I had a woman respond to me and said, Nice to see you have the token females in there lower down the list. Not too sexist. Good. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where you want to reply back and say, you know, you're right. I was thinking about it. Originally, I didn't have him on there. And I'm like, dang, I don't want to seem like a big pig. Right. So I like I threw the chicks a bone. I figured yeah. you better put some put some girls in there to yeah, even you, it out. You can't you can't win with anybody. Yeah. Because um, I didn't recognize their accomplishments at all. I You know, that wasn't why I put them in there. I just right. I didn't want to seem too sexist. Yeah. Yep, we should just never vote. I mean, the media should just not vote for anything. I mean, I think you can make a really strong case for we shouldn't vote in rankings, we shouldn't vote for awards. Just let the let the athletes and coaches vote amongst themselves, and we'll just be done with it. I don't mind debate. It's it's not that I don't mind that I don't like debate. It's just that you take it personal. Like now, I've been called. I'm not. I'm a sexist. So whatever. But let's move on here. College basketball on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, we, we did a little promo March to Madness that we do for the Locked On Podcast Network, and we we featured you know the Duke Louisville matchup in Cameron Indoor Stadium, where Louisville's only won once. I think 1983 is the only time they won down there. Uh, but Duke has been vulnerable. Duke's not. Duke has won, had won uh, eight nine in a row since they had lost to Stephen F. Austin, and but not really played anyone. I mean, they beat Michigan State at Michigan State, uh, but we see what Michigan State is. They're up and down. They beat Kansas in the season opener, and that's it. Really, they haven't played anyone outside of that. And so here they are on Tuesday night playing Clemson at Clemson, and Clemson's coming off their first win in 60 tries in Chapel Hill, and they beat Duke 79-72 for the first time in Clemson program history that they've beaten North Carolina and Duke in back-to-back games. Louisville just barely escapes uh, in overtime uh, against Pittsburgh, 73-68. And really, that game should have been tied again. They called a bad, bad over-the-back call. That he, The dude from Pitt didn't even touch the Louisville player. Yeah. Uh, and Louisville fans will get riled up about that, but there's yeah, no way you I, I can objectively say. I saw a lot of Louisville people say, actually saying that was a horrible call. It was, um, yeah. It, it was at Pitt, so um, you know, obviously just any kind of league road win is, is good, but that was a squeaker. Yeah. But yeah, if they'd both lost, both lost, and and even with Duke losing, it's a little bit of a wet blanket on that game. Um, I just college this college basketball season. I don't know how many times we can say it is just absolutely insane. Clemson was seven and seven and one and three two games ago, and now they've they'd lost Carol- like four in a row or something and, before and Christmas. Now they've beaten Carolina and Duke in a row. Uh, it's every week somebody gets somebody gets knocked up. Yeah. Well, Ohio State comes back. They they end their four game losing streak. They won uh, uh, at home against Nebraska, uh, and then Texas Tech picked up a road win, seventy seven sixty three at Kansas State. So that's 
You know, Kentucky's playing them on the 25th coming up here. Yeah, that that's uh, Texas Tech got off to a rocky start, lost a lot from that national championship game team, uh, but they're they're kind of rolling now. That's going to be a hell of a game. Um, Kansas, after losing uh, losing to Baylor, got back on track. Looks like. Um, but this they is were at this, Oklahoma. That game was close for a while, but second half, Kansas started to pull away. Yeah, this is just such a strange year. One, I mean, a team to keep an eye on. This is the kind of year where somebody that's way outside of the, the Blue Bloods is going to get to the Final Four. I'd be shocked if some somebody – I think mm-hmm. I said I – th- I forgot who I, I – th- I, I think Seton Hall is the team I threw out there on Twitter. But Dayton – is a team, and Seton yeah. Hall really could because they've got a guy like an electric guy like Miles Powell who could just go off in the tournament. But Dayton has that too. Marquette with Marcus uh, Howard. Obi Toppin though at Dayton, uh, they they blitzed VCU. They went on like a twenty-two to nothing run at one point, mostly led by um, Obi Toppin, and he's had twenty-four points, nine rebounds. He's way up there on the list on the National Player of the Year type uh lists right now he's really good if you don't know who he is you should check him out uh and Dayton they're 13th coming into tonight uh they've had some really really good wins they beat Georgia bad beat Georgia by 19 early in the season Mm -hmm. Uh, played Kansas played Kansas to the wire beat that Virginia Tech team uh, uh that uh who did Virginia Tech beat Michigan State um beat St. Mary's by by 10 uh, lost by two to Colorado, which is Colorado is a is a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, Dayton is a team in this weird, weird season where we're trying to figure out who's going to be the random team that goes to the Final Four. Dayton would be uh, way up on my list. And the SEC is uh, not good. There's too many inconsistent teams. I mean, Florida got destroyed by Missouri. Uh, turns around, beats Ole Miss uh, at home Tuesday night, seventy-one fifty-five. You got uh, Missouri who destroyed florida goes to mississippi state and and gets destroyed by mississippi state by 27 was, yeah 72 45 so it was the bulldogs first sec win they're now one and three uh, lsu looks legit skylar mays is good they've got a few other players uh they again escape they just over the weekend rallied from down 11 to win uh on the road and then they they went on the road at Texas A&M in a game they pretty much trailed most of it, and they went in overtime, 89-85. So LSU is now 4-0 in the league. So I would say you're looking at Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, LSU, and the rest are – Maybe man. Florida. You know, like if, if they, they can, can get their act can, together. they yeah. can pull it out of the fire. They're 3-1 and one in the league now. Um, they still have really good players. I mean, that's the thing I keep going yeah. back to with them. It's like – Florida is almost like some of the, you know, a couple of the really bumpy road early season Kentucky teams that Cal's had. You know, you look at them and you go, your parts are too good to be this bad as a whole. Um, And you keep thinking they'll have to figure it, they'll figure it out. But yeah, that's basically where the league is right now. This is not a good year for the SEC. Uh, It is a bad year. Um, And and I think you're right. I think you've got, right now you got Auburn at the top. Uh, You got Kentucky. Right there, Arkansas. Right there, um, maybe LSU. I'm not sold on LSU. They got some bad losses. They're four zero in the league, but they've they had to squeak some out, and they've got some bad losses. Um, but but maybe LSU, maybe Florida. I don't think I can buy into Tennessee without 
the point guard, um, even no. with their even with their replacement. Um, and after that, it's the league just falls off a cliff. Um, I re- thought Mississippi State would be much better. Maybe they can turn it around. I thought got, Ole Miss would be players. like I thought Ole Miss was going to be a tournament team, and they are they they lost four in a row, lost by twenty at Wichita State, uh, lost by ten, Texas A and M, lost at home to Arkansas, lost on the on the road by sixteen uh, tonight to Florida. And they got that Brian. I mean, he's a player of the year candidate in the conference. Brian Tyree is a great scorer. Yeah. They've got Devontae Schuler back. That was that should have been one of the better backcourts uh, in the country. KJ Buffin was a, a, a big time recruit for them who was back. And uh, Kadeem Sai, who was a junior college transfer, big man, 6'10, 240. I was just, I was totally convinced that Ole Miss, especially with Kermit davis i think i think is a great coach and had a you know led them on this massive turnaround last season i was sure that Ole miss was going to have a good year and so far they are not they're nine and seven oh and three in the league well let's take another break uh when we come back we'll talk kentucky uh khalil whitney ej montgomery nick richards ashton Hagens, some of the topics uh that was covered that were covered by kenny payne on tuesday afternoon ahead of the game against south carolina we'll do that when we continue on the locked on kentucky podcast this is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, one of the things uh, that sometimes uh, I don't know if fans or you know how how they feel about it, but you know Calipari will he'll duck out of his media opportunities. He I think he would normally do two a week, and then he has a radio show. And uh, it, once you get into the conference season, it averages out to be one a week. He picks one, and that's the one he does, and then. He sends somebody else out there the other times. So among the guys he would send, Tony Barbie, Joel Justice, Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne is always the one you want to hear from because he absolutely tells it like it is. He had really good stuff to say uh, as far as Khalil Whitney goes. He's just he's plenty of faith in him still, loves his attitude, uh, sees it coming along with EJ, uh, the thing that he said there was just go out there and play basketball. Quit, don't hunt your shot. You are just a natural basketball player. You, all those other things that you do on the court, like pass the ball and go in there and get rebounds and, and block out and block. I mean, block shots. Um, all those things, just do that and, and don't hunt your shot. You'll be fine. Uh, and then with Nick, he was like, "Yeah, we're not about to let you think you've arrived whatsoever." Like. Um, like if you're smiling the next day after a big game, I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe that smile off your face. And uh, he went as far as to say, uh, "Come on, come on, coach." Well, he he said, uh, somebody said that you can. Does he say it's like he, they can never please you? And and Kenny Payne was like, "Yeah, I hear that from Nick all the time that he can never please me." And then Nick he said, "said Come on, coach KP. I know I know you're proud of me. Give me a hug." Please hug like, me. He said, yeah. "Please please hug me." And I'm so not going I hugged to. Him. Yeah, yeah, so I hugged him. Well, after being prodded again, though, it wasn't like he just readily gave it right. to him. And, and then the thing he said about Ashton was that, uh, Ashton, you're hearing from all these other coaches that you're the National Defensive Player of the Year. You're not even close in our eyes. You're not close to the best defensive player in the U.S. You're way too undisciplined. you got way more to to do to get there. Give it to us. We see it. Give it to us. Yeah. Yeah, I thought those those things really stood out, that this is kind of the keep them grounded season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they – 
they have four, maybe five guys playing well finally, and they feel good about those guys, and then they're trying to sort of uh, sweet talk the other guys into having some confidence. So they're 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 giving the uh, the the boost up uh, sort of conversations to guys like Khalil Whitney and EJ Montgomery and and Keon Brooks and those guys. But the, but for the guys that are that are finally playing well or at a high level, um, it's like they're going to just keep their foot on the gas and mm-hmm. you know they're not going to say too much good about those guys it's like the 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 standard i don't want to answer your question i have a talking point cal perry line when he start when you right. ask him something is yeah but you know he he mm-hmm. he, he hits you with the yeah but immediately he, he's he's good but let me tell you about this or let me tell mm-hmm. you why he's not as good as he needs to be um and they were that was kenny was in the full uh, manage management of ego mode um, with those guys today. The Ashton thing, I was that was a kind of jarring to me to say he's not close. Ashton right. Hagens is not close to being the best defensive player in the country. Um, but he said, "Focus on it because your livelihood depends on it, and our livelihood depends on your di- di- your discipline defensively." So that was interesting, right. um, and then. As much as he was like, you know, there's still more. There's still more to come for Nick. He also did say that he really reminds him. His development reminds him of Willie Cauley Stein's development, uh, and how much sort of pleasure he gets, uh, fulfillment he gets out of being the guy that's helping mold these these big men. That's Kenny's job is sort of the post whisperer, and he's, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think the the most. Um, you know, fulfillment he gets is the, these guys that aren't just ready-made stars that come in and he takes time. And Nick may be his best work yet. You know. Yeah, he said skill-wise, it's like Nick arrived last year. Like it, it's already happened. All his skills and everything that he can do on the floor, it's there. It's already there, and I've already seen it. I've seen it in practice. Uh, sky hooks, uh, using the left hand, the right hand, it, shooting the jumper, everything footwork, everything you need um, to be one of the best players in America as a big man, it's there. And I have already seen it, witnessed it with my own eyes. And he said, it's all mental. Nick's biggest competition is Nick. And that's, it, he just got to continue to build his confidence. And we've seen it and now, I guess, um, it's just thinking he can do even more. I guess he said the one thing was like the, the contact thing, that, yeah. uh, making sure that he, he doesn't shy away from the contact still. Yeah, I I think they're very cautious that like any day now Nick could have a game where he gets two fouls in 15 seconds and all, all that yeah. kind of stuff and and maybe right. the confidence goes away. Um but I think for the most part they know that he's a good player now and they just want to see like what what's the ceiling because uh, it does there's definitely a sense that he's not close to maxing out. You know, he's just now figuring out he can be a good player. Now, okay, can he be a great one? Um and then the other, the, the primary thing I wrote about for today was about Khalil Whitney, uh, or as, as people listen to this on Wednesday, the story will be published Wednesday morning. Um, it was this, it was the weirdest phenomenon, and so I have a really strange beginning of my story. I, I, I kind of had some fun with the idea. Um, it was like, I basically had what I wrote was it was like people trying to interview uh, a dead person at their own funeral. And the, <laughs> right. and, and the guy being like, wait, I'm not dead, actually. Right. Uh, because this, the tone of everything to Khalil Whitney is like, oh, man, you, you 
You're your, awful. Your season's <laughs> toast. Uh, how's it? How's it feel to be so bad? You know, like, are how's you, this fall from grace yeah, going for are you? Are you sad? You know, and Khalil Whitney's just like, guys, I'm okay. Uh, you know, I think he's handled it really well. He said. I've been through tougher situations in my life. I mean, he grew up in, uh, I wrote about this in the summer. He grew up in Chicago, uh, in a bad part of Chicago where, you know, there gunfire was erupting around him on his way to school. He ended up, ended up in New Jersey to kind of have a, get away from that with his dad and, and who he hadn't spent a lot of time with as a child because his dad was in prison. So, you know, Khalil Whitney's been through some real stuff. Um, so there's some mental in it, toughness in his life. And yeah. And so he said, developed, like, yeah. he kind of had this smirk on his face and he's like, I know he said, I know a lot of you guys probably think this is driving me crazy or really affecting me, but it's really not. Um, and so I think if you're a Kentucky fan or you're the coaching staff, you love hearing that. Um, just that, you know, I'm, I'm not mentally checked out. And, and that's what everybody you ask is saying players, coaches, um, that he's still bringing it. He's still trying to break through. I think he's recognized that he had some limitations and he's trying to figure out how can I help the team? Like, what can I do well? And that's one thing I think they're really doing right now is focusing with him. Be a, Just be a great defender. You know, be the guy who will lock up your man. And if that's the only thing you do, you help this team. If you don't, right. you sit on the bench next to Cal. You play two minutes, like the Louisville game. Um, you know, but Kenny Payne called him a high-character kid. Uh, you know, he just said, I, I, I feel confident he's going to fight through. And he's, he noticed, I went back and watched the handful. It wasn't a lot, but the handful of defensive possessions he had in the last two games against Georgia, um, obviously Anthony Edwards there. And then Alabama, John Petty, Beetle Bolden, he was on those guys and he locked them up. He was, he was on them. Uh, it wasn't a ton, but he was out there and he gave really good, uh, defensive effort and energy. And, and I thought, I think, you know, that's the other thing. Tyrese Maxey, that's his roommate. He said, I think he's bought in. That's the one thing you really have to do here. You have to buy into your role. Um, and he said, you know, um, I asked him, I asked Maxey, what is, what is the best version of Khalil Whitney look like? And he said, I've seen that in practice a couple times recently, the best version of him. And it's, you know, a guy that's defending, blocking shots, picking up guards, full court. And he said he was doing that yesterday. Uh, and seeing him be that kind of athlete is very impressive. So um, I think I still think Khalil Whitney at some point can give them something valuable, even if you look at the box score after every game and, he, and you don't see much from him. I think he can, he can be a guy that they, in spots, can be a defensive stopper. And if you're throwing the three-guard lineup and all three of those guards can really defend at a team for you know 30-plus minutes a game, but for 10 minutes at a time or 10 minutes a game – one of them is sitting down and the replacement is a energized Khalil Whitney whose whole goal is just to suffocate you as a yeah, six six right. wing with a seven two wingspan. Um that's gonna be a long day for whatever guy that is who's dealing mm-hmm. with it. So um I thought that was all really interesting stuff today and, and Khalil's gonna be a guy I th- I would definitely advise people not to just throw in the towel on. Um, yeah. I don't think the staff has. I think they, they, I think they feel like they still need him very much. Well, yeah. Uh, this it reminds me a little bit just the the questioning and, and all that, like, of, of like Alex Poitras or Darius Miller, where, you know, they would flash their potential and show it, and then three games would go by and, and you wouldn't see it again, and everybody would be like, 
why? Why is this happening? Yeah. Why are you not? And then question after question. So, you know, this round of people comes in and then that cycles through. And here's the next round of people asking the same questions. And I always wondered how those guys, one time Darius Miller told me, because I'm, of course, one of those guys asking those questions. Darius says, uh, well, sometimes those players you're going against are just better. You know, and I'm like, well, but you're better, Darius. Don't you know that? You know, it's, but that's not always how it goes with guys. You know, they're thinking about it as well. Uh, Darius Miller would dominate Chandler Parsons when they played Florida every time. And then he'd go against a, a lesser guy. And for whatever reason, he didn't feel he was uh, up to it to dominate that guy. It was just so, so strange. But if they knew the answer that we wouldn't be asking them why they're not doing it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of pointless to ask, like, why aren't you playing better? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, why aren't you like asking somebody like why aren't you rich? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like yeah. how come you're not? How come you haven't invented like the next great invention? Because like, <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> right. I don't know how. You yeah. know. I mean, it, it'll happen when it happens. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna go uh, see why San Diego State's ranked seventh in the country. They're playing Fresno right now. It's 11:40 p.m. on Tuesday night, and the game just uh, tip off. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're tied. You know, first midway through the first half. So. I just don't know enough about San Diego State to see why. Yeah, I know they haven't lost, but who have they also played? And so see what some of these players look like just to get an idea. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. And Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right, the next time we talk to you, we'll be discussing what happened in the game against South Carolina, Kentucky going down there and taking on the Gamecocks 630 on the SEC Network. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.